day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The blackest day. Yes. As the stinger says, this is still Blade Job, mm-hmm. episode 47. I am still one of the hosts, Steve Carley, still here with Eric Marshik, virtually, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since we've, like, done this. <laughs> we've been... Yeah, we, we kinda, that's we, why I say still. <clears throat> yeah, we, we left off with that contamination episode, and it was... I, I'm, is, people are probably worried about us. It's been a while since we've... It's, I feel like contamination is probably a, an eerie thing to end on, considering what's going on right now. But yeah. hey, listen, the, the point is we're back. We're back, and we're happy to be here. Uh, today we're going to be covering, actually, a, a different movie than I would have expected, but I'm still glad. Today we're covering Living Dead Manchester Morgue, one of, I think, 13 names. Yeah, I mean, yes. I think it's a good movie to get back into, because it's like we're, we're pretending like, you know, nothing's happening in the outside world. We're just getting right back into... <laughs> the you know that's kind of what's eerie that's what's eerie about is if you go outside it doesn't look like there's anything out there it's an invisible force you know it's true like depression all right um speaking of quarantine and everything going on eric i mean you know what have you been doing you and friend of the show best friend of the show cassie what y'all been doing at home here uh pretty much nothing i mean actually i've been working like I've, i've been working from home like every day and then working in the warehouse twice a week so i've actually been working like a shit ton but other than that just watching a lot of tv and uh what have you been watching on tv oh man well when quarantine... yeah i know i know that's a loaded question for sure i understand i mean clearly you know obviously we got through the tiger kings and you know the like of that but uh the big one we dove into was sopranos we're uh we're on the final season um wow. yeah so we're, we're savoring that though we haven't even started it yet because like we cranked through the first five or whatever it is and now we're on the last season so it's kind of uh bittersweet so we're just like we don't even want to start it yet because we know it's gonna come to an end so so you've been liking that yeah i heard it kind of has a I mean, lackluster ending but we'll see oh i've seen the ending funny enough i mean i i'm really good at starting a series and never finishing it so i've watched the pilot of that series maybe five times and i just never continue i need to though that's i mean you know it's sopranos it's a yeah you know a pop culture titan for a reason so see Even, the pilot I mean, didn't many, really many years the pilot really didn't catch us right away it took us like a good couple episodes to like get the hype i guess See, if I would just continue, I'd probably know that myself, but I just, I go, okay, well, I got to check something else out. Same idea for like uh, The Wire. I've watched The Pilot yeah. five times. I just never continue. I need yeah. to. I just, uh, my phone and it's millennial crap. I really need, it's it's a it's a personal issue for me that I really need to work on, but you know, I, I need to work on a lot of different things. It's hard to kind of parse through it all. So yeah. anything else other than Sopranos? Well, you know, we've been, I think I've mentioned on the show, we've been like cranking through Ancient Aliens too. It's like the show I watch before Classic. we go to bed every night. We just fall asleep to it. It's like the perfect show for that because it's just interesting enough to hold your attention, but then you kind of like doze off because it gets, it's, it's just a good falling asleep show. Put that sleep You know what's on. funny about like ancient aliens i feel like is just as big in pop culture as sopranos like i should probably watch that show i mean it's not really i mean seriously yeah it's on everything it's on like hulu uh netflix like it's pretty much like public domain at this point 
I'll tell you though, I pay for no ads on Hulu, and that's honestly a really good investment because Hulu's got so much. Like even mm-hmm. all of FX, they put all their stuff on Hulu. Like it's pretty. Hulu, I think, is probably other than the fact that the uh, the like the the user design of the of the app is garbage. It always has mm-hmm. been. Like a lot of good stuff on there that I think a lot of people don't realize, including older stuff too. Yeah. So. Um, I see in the notes you got one more. Uh, I'll say trash TV pick. Oh yeah. So like we, I mean, I think we. This was a long time ago. We got on like a big kick of like Rock of Love and like really bad reality TV. And I think Tiger King kind of left a void for us where we needed something like kind of trashy and full of crazy characters. So, I mean, we're on like season five of Ninety Day Fiance now and uh wow yeah it's a uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty wild i you know i wouldn't i never really thought i would like it but i'm kind of in deep now and uh i you know like i said we're on season five so we've only been watching maybe for like the past two weeks so it's we're getting through it and then there's a bunch of spinoffs on that boy so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of content there. I know a friend of the show, Devin Green's big into it, too. I think I watched the first, like, three episodes of the series, and then, you know, as usual, I pick something yeah. else. But that's definitely a pop – I mean, you know, all three of those that you chose seem to be kind of big pop culture yeah. items, so it's funny. I mean, and then, like, kind of like the last show that – I, we, we've only watched one episode because it's actually just returned, but there's a new season of Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Um and, you know, that's always just fun to kind of dive into, like, cult horror movies with him giving kind of the commentary over top. So, uh, yeah, we watched the first week, which actually had Chris Jericho as a special guest, which was pretty oh, fun. Yeah, so kind of a blade job tie-in there, yeah. So that. that was cool, and, yeah, that's pretty much been it for TV. Um, you know, we'll probably keep up with Joe Bob, finish Sopranos, and keep chugging through 90 day fiance maybe we'll get into the the spinoffs too before 90 days or whatever it's called so yeah it should be fun what what have you been what have you been watching i mean i mean i too have been you know i I still i'm still employed so consider ourselves lucky Mm -hmm. you know i so i work during the week but working from home is nice i don't have to leave the apartment which is hella nice so i mean other than that when it comes to tv i don't you know it, it's that's it i just pick a bunch of different shows watch the first episode and go okay i'm definitely going to continue that eventually and then move on to something else yeah. so mainly my time has been spent like i do i play a lot of call of duty again it's, it's like high school all over again i you know i got off a of call of duty train for years and then this newest one and i got the battle royale and it sounds so good been, i mean people seem to really be digging it I'm surprised you say that because if you were to go on like the subreddit or something for it, it's just people whining and complaining oh. about it. I'm having a great time with it because I don't take it as seriously. So if you, you know, if you play it to have fun and not to win, it's pretty great. Otherwise, you know, isn't the point of video games always... to have fun? <laughs> yeah, but you would be surprised by how few people actually do that. Not with this game. Good lord, these people act like if they don't get first place, their family's going to get shot on site. I don't know what it is. But that's what it is. So I don't know. Um, and then you know, I, I I've been told to stay inside. So um, you know, I've been doing that. My idea of like going out for like getting some fresh air has been going on drives. I live right by a lake, so it's nice. I can just drive around the lake. You know, one that's lake. nice. So it's it's nice. It is. You know, I I see all these big houses on the lake, and everyone's out grilling. And I'm like, damn, that must be nice. But at the same time, get inside. But yeah. So I have been grilling a lot. Of- I will say. 
Well, you're a grill guy. I mean, I would yeah. expect that's very on brand of you. I love you for it. It's uh, very nice. I'm jealous. <laughs> I don't have a grill. I, I, it would be nice for me to even have like a balcony. I don't have a balcony. I'm yeah. underground. So, you know, I see people chilling on the balcony. I'm like, damn, even that would be nice. You know, kick out with a book out there. Not that I'm not, you know, I have a bunch of books I keep every day. You know, whenever I'm playing video games, I always look down during a loading screen and I see all the books that I have and I have to read. And I'm like, God damn it. I need to get to these books. And then I don't. So. It's good stuff. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much really me. I'm just crushing frozen pizzas, eating terribly, gaining weight. I buzzed my head, so that's nice. Mm, I just I can kind of see I got it. tired. Mm. I got tired of the uh, of the hair tickling my ears, very sexual. So I said, you know what, I'm done, and I shaved it all off. So that was nice. I don't regret that at all. It's actually better than I was expecting. I'm home haircut I'm a fan. So. I just, you know, I, I mean, we all know that the big haircut industry is going to flourish after this is all done, but I think mm-hmm. I didn't want to wait that long. I said, I'm done with it. So I just busted yeah. it all off. Um, so, I mean, you know, I've been keeping up with stuff, but overall, it's just a lot of Call of Duty driving around. You know, I mean, I think I filled up on my gas maybe like three weeks ago when I have like 500 miles left in my car. It's just, you know, you don't have to drive at all. So it's like, might as well use that gas to just go drive around or something, you know, and this is because, like, honestly, this whole quarantine, what you can do to stay sane is, like, find something to look forward to, you know? Like, I mean, everyone mm-hmm. has to find something that makes them happy. And for me, I don't know how much you're into this at all, but the PlayStation 5 and X, the new Xbox, everything's coming mm-hmm. out, man. They got stuff going on next week, actually. Actually, what day is this going to come out? Friday? Uh, yeah, well, Friday midnight. Yeah. Okay, we'll, so like, Friday. We'll so schedule here. <laughs> That's great because a day before, so a day, so when you're listening to this, dear listener, we'll have already seen gameplay for next gen consoles. And that's on Thursday. Very, very, that's like, I'm dying for it. So uh, that's kind of like keeping me, uh, you know, keeping the bounce in my step, the pep in my step. You get it. So, uh, Let's just, real quick, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, news because obviously everything's just getting delayed, you know? There's a whole, not, whole, well, not a whole lot yeah. going on. I could have been, I could have seen Black Widow already if that wasn't delayed till November, which pisses me off, but I know that, you know, compared to what's going on, that kind of stuff is inconsequential, so whatever, but it's like, oh, God, I could have seen Black Widow by now. Is, a Marvel movie coming on. Is any of the Halloweens getting delayed? Um, I haven't heard about that yet, funny enough. But on that note, uh, a big uh, you know, development is a Hellraiser TV series directed mm-hmm. by one David Gordon Green, who seems to, he obviously had a good time doing, doing the Halloween movie because he's really sticking with horror here. Yeah, that's, I'm that, that would be cool. I mean, I think Hellraiser. Yeah, you're the Hellraiser expert here. I'm not. So please take it, take this over. Well, I mean, I, I think you, it's no secret that Hellraiser's had like, it's up there with maybe some of the worst sequels ever. <laughs> I mean, it, I think it really, it, Oh my God. I think it has maybe upwards to like 10 sequels. Um, most of those have been released either straight to VHS back in the nineties or recently straight to VOD. And, uh, it, it, I think it, it, it's one of those series that like, you remember we got like the nightmare on Elm street reboot and oh, yeah. Friday the 13th. Uh, I mean, we got Child's Play recently, Candyman recently. Where the hell's Hellraiser been? And, you know, but the thing is, is I don't think it's been remade because they're still actually churning out, like, bad sequels. <laughs> so it's it hasn't had, like, enough time to breathe to have, like, a, you know, like, to, to kind of be, like, reappreciated. Because someone's still, I, I guess that it's still a brand that's making some kind of money. 
or why would they be making <laughs> shitty sequels still? I don't know. But that's cool that they're making a series and hopefully giving it the polished reboot that it deserves. I don't remember what it's going to premiere on. I, I Don't quote me when I say HBO. I don't think they've even really announced that yet. But I feel like if it was HBO, that'd be good. I think like, that's good news, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, if it, better than, like, Freeform or some crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or what's the new thing? Tubi? <laughs> Tubi, yeah, exactly. Or, like, Crackle or, like, or, God forbid, even, like, uh, Queeby, that failure. So yeah. it's like, all right, I'll take that. Um, but I'm still waiting for that faculty reboot. Oh, that's a reboot I'll get, I can get behind, you know? Oh, that'd that be cool. A... I didn't know that they were going to reboot uh, faculty. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm they haven't oh. announced that. I'm just saying I would like for that <laughs> I... to be the case. What's um, yeah. What's up with Candyman? Is it going to hit on demand? Delayed. Delayed. Um, I think it comes out in, like, September, October now. But it, I think October. That, I th- that's kind of what's been making me mad, is that, you know, some of these things are just sitting on the shelf now. Um, well, a lot of these movies have been pushed back a whole year, which the longer this goes on, the more I think that's probably a good idea. But it's kind of surprising how many, but a lot of them are like summer tentpoles and like you don't want to release a summer tentpole in, in November. So like it makes sure. sense that they want to give it pushed. Like Fast 9 delayed to like April of next year. So that's like, it's crazy when you think about it. But at the same time, I guess it makes sense. But then meanwhile, you have a movie like, uh, let's see, Disney pushed... Um, Mulan to July, and I'm like, that's a little. That seems optimistic, mm-hmm. like a mofo. I wouldn't do that if I were them. I mean, I know, like every movie seems to have been pushed back so far, except for Christopher Nolan's Tenet in July, and then Dune in December, which that may stay. But I'm really, I'm really surprised that they haven't done anything with Tenet yet. But I imagine Christopher Nolan's like, I'm not gonna put this anywhere but in theaters. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. That's that's an interesting one. Everyone's kind of, you know, everybody in the kind of you know, the kind of movie, you know, uh, sphere is like eyeing that. Like, what is going on with Dolan's Tenet? What is going on with that? Yeah, I'd love to see Dune. Obviously, in theaters. I don't, you know, that's one that's a, a big one that I'm looking forward to. I wouldn't hate if it got pushed only because then it would give me more time to read the book. Like I'm not going to do probably, even though I have it and I need to, I paid money for it. I should read it, but I just haven't done it yet. So it's one of my favorites. It's like, I it's, know it's great. People love it's it. It's like a very, God damn it. Yeah. But I bought the, I bought the ebook for like 10 bucks. I went at, at some, at a friend, a friend's wedding. And I was like, I'm going to read this book. And then, you know, it sits there with, hundred other books I keep telling myself I'm going to read, but that's neither here nor there. Should we dive into the movie now at this point? Yeah, might as well. I mean, there's not, like like I said, this is, just, this is kind of like a catch-up episode. We've been been just, like, out of the out of the loop for so long, I feel like. I mean, we got to just, we, we got to catch up on some of this movie updates. Although, like you said, there's not really a ton of news. It seems like it's... And if there is news, it's just bad news. Like, yeah. delays, cancellations, <laughs> and that's, you know, it's like, it's not good. Like, even that, the entertainment realm is, like, bad for the mental health, because it's just all the movies I've been lo- I've been looking forward to getting canceled, or moved, not canceled, but pushed back, like, a year. I'm like, yeah. okay. Like, like the entire Marvel slate was pushed back, like, one, like, now... Black Widow is out on Eternals date. Eternals is now Shang Chi's February date. Mm. I'm just, I'm just like, you know, like I, I want to get this, this new phase kicked off. But then you think about everything going on. It's like, okay, that's in kind. Yeah. It'll happen eventually. But it's just like, it's hard not for all this to eventually, you know, get to you. But that's the, kind of the whole reason why you have to find something to like makes you happy. Find something that you can look forward to and say, okay, when, when this is all over, provided that people stay inside, it does finish or end eventually. Uh, you can you know you can kickstart and get some of that stuff going, but time will tell. It's just the unknown of everything. That's what mm-hmm. sucks about all this. It's just no one knows 
how long it's going to take. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And that's obviously, you know, it's nice when, like, I, you know, like a lot of this has gotten to me recently, but it's nice to know that literally the entire planet is in the same boat. That's true. <laughs> like, it's like, if, if you think about that, it makes me feel better to know that literally the entire planet, Earth, is like feeling similarly, which never happens. So, you know, obviously some people are doing way worse than I, than you and I are. So in the end, it's kind of a, you know, a blessing. So it is, it be what it be. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. But, you know... Let's talk zombies. We gotta talk some zombies. <laughs> so... Alright. We're, we're gonna, you wanna kick this off? Oh, yeah. So we're officially gonna be calling this by Living Dead... Wait, what? The Living Dead... It's called at... The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Like we said, there's a lot of uh, titles, but I think that that's... <laughs> really, that's you can call it whatever you want. It'll... Yes. You can call it whatever you want. It'll probably... There's a chance it'll be right anyway. Okay. So... Living Dead at Manchester Morgue uh, I, I premiered at in 1974. So this is uh, early 70s, uh, kind of post-Dawn of the Dead, or not the Living Dead world, but pre-Dawn of the Dead world. Um, just to kind of, I guess, put some, uh, you know... That's a good framing device. Yeah, it's very where, good. Where, I think the, about where we're sitting with this, so... Um, Quick question: Is this the earliest? Is this the oldest movie we've talked about, or is it we do one that's earlier than seventy four? I mean, technically, we talked about Night of the Bloody Apes, which was like ah, sixty nine. Right. Which yeah. I, and and then I trying to think if we've covered anything, but that was kind of like a half episode. So this is probably the oldest that we're kind of doing like a deeper dive on. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, it has to be seventy four. Yeah, that's pretty old. So, um. Anyways, released in you know, so this is actually like I, I believe I read it was a Spanish, in Italian co-production. Um, you can definitely tell by like the filming style that it feels Italian, um, especially with the overdubbing, which is just our favorite on the show. It's just anything yeah. that's overdubbed. <laughs> Honestly, though, like it didn't even seem that bad for me this time. No, like, maybe I don't know what it was, but it, and this is streaming on Amazon Prime, by the way. Just to mention that, that's yes. why I watched it. Yeah, and it, like a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, and it's streaming on Amazon Prime at as Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. So if that's that's what you'd look up to to find this gem. But uh, funny enough, uh, like a lot of things produced at the time, uh, was released about a year after its European release in America, and it was under the title "Don't Open the Window." Um, I kind of like that. It's very like it's very fitting for this kind of like movie where it's. How do you explain that? Early 70s kind of, ex- not exploitative, you know, but like it just seems like a very kind of, um, yeah. not Giallo-esque, but similar to that. Funny enough, actually, one of the, um, if you remember uh, the the movie Grindhouse, which we've talked about several times on this show, um, there was all the fake trailers at the beginning. Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving. Uh, That's the one that sticks out to me. There was the one with the were- werewolf women. Um then there was another one just called Don't, <laughs> and it was kind yeah. of like a parody that Edgar Wright made, and it was kind of spoofing this, like, uh, trend in the 70s drive-ins where they just would put, like, Don't Do Something, like, as the title, like, Don't Go in the Basement, Don't Go in the House. So I feel like this Don't uh, Open the Window is kind of a, uh, you know, almost like a like a... B movie marketing technique of the time 
where they're just like throw don't on it and you know have a scary poster and you can really have any movie fill it so um but yeah he actually lists that like this movie as one of the uh um inspirations for him. yeah kind of for that parody trailer he made but um some of the other titles this movie might go by <laughs> Uh, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Love it. Which, I love all the names. Yeah, They're all great names. Let Sleeping Corpses Lie is actually what like I've seen it predominantly called. Like that's I believe what IMDb calls it. That's what um, like Wikipedia calls it. So I don't know if that's kind of the official title, um, but I think in the U.S. at least it yeah, is. Yeah, I think so too. But it also was, and this is where it gets confusing. It was also called Zombie Three in Italy. So I don't know what the um, maybe in Italy they just refer to Night of the Living Dead as Zombie One. <laughs> then there was a second zombie thrown in between this and Night of the Living Dead, but I, I don't. I think if you I think if you look too deep into all the names, you're just going to get lost. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be too confusing. Because I mean, fans of like Italian horror might recognize like the famous uh, Fulci movie Zombie Two which didn't come out till 1979. So it's the numbering makes no sense at all. So I, I don't know how they do it, but um, another title, which I believe was more of the UK one was do not speak ill of the dead. That's, that's pretty fun. And then my, I do like my, my favorite, which I think has to be British is breakfast at the Manchester morgue. Um, I love that name. It, it almost sounds Dude. like I could almost just like imagine them just like recutting this movie and like cutting all the zombies out and just like shooting new footage of like a Downton Abbey like kind of like tale of nurses in a morgue, and uh, call- like Gosford Park kind yeah. of kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but no, it, I, I don't know if it's a recut version that they called Breakfast at Manchester Morgue. But um, I think yeah, I think that's that. And, and then there's a slew of other uh, of names as well. I, I think you said 15 in total. I think 13 yeah. total, but yeah, exactly. It's pretty crazy. But if you want, I can just, I can read the IMDb plot summary here, and we can hammer this out. A cop chases two hippies suspected of a series of Manson family-like murders. Unbeknownst to him, the real culprits are the living dead, brought to life with a thirst for human flesh by chemical pesticides being used by area farmers. Which um, is interesting that they use Manson family-like murders. I don't really know. I don't think there's any connection to that in there, and I don't really know if I agree with that. But hey, I don't. Yeah, I don't. You know. I don't think they ever mention Manson in the movie. That's kind of a. No. That's kind of a stretch. But I mean, there's definitely, um, and this is like a part of the movie I really liked. Is there's definitely like a, like a right-wing cop versus hippie kind of like oh for sure plot like he like this cop is like totally out to get this guy who just has like long hair and a beard um very 70s look to him yeah yeah. i mean it's just it was standard at that time it's crazy yeah and we i guess we should mention too before we get too much into the plot is that this movie was directed by jorge grau was that how you would say that steve I was going to say George, but I literally don't know. J-O-R-G-E. I, I mean, you know, it's Italian, so no, I think it's really Spanish. how that's I, think, I believe he's Spanish, oh. so I don't... Okay. But anyway, Everything else is Italian. <laughs> yeah, everything else about this movie is, is full-blown Italy, but... 
Um, yeah, I, I really don't recognize anything else he directed. Legend of Blood Castle, Violent Bloodbath, Blood and Passion. Like, literally blood in all of those titles. <laughs> so I'm assuming they're also, horror movies. Also, rest in peace, he died like a year and a half ago. Yeah, he was an old... What, what, what a legacy that we are uh, you know, helping him cement by... yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. But, I mean, this is this this holds up. This is pro- I'm gonna say we'll get into it later. But this this is one of the maybe one of my favorite zombie movies of the 70s. But this is one. Of, I think it's it's one of the better movies that we've done. But for yeah, sure, we'll get into that later on. But uh, some of my favorite things, and I, I'm sure you agree with this, Steve, is like like you were saying, like uh, like the 70s style in some of the like uh, art artistic flair and just like the um camera work feels very of its time but it feels very like uh it it doesn't feel cheap it feels really like warm and nice i I really liked it well this to me is i think one of the better made movies that we've covered in a while Mm -hmm. just in terms of the filmmaking itself i mean i i wrote in the notes here that it's like well, I guess I'll mention I'll save that for the good, bad, and what the fuck. But um, it's definitely it's it's different than how our usual picks yeah. in that way, for it's, sure. It's not contamination. It's not demons. Although demons was no. demons had, you know, was a fairly well shot movie. But you know, it's it's no other hell, I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, we've covered. It's funny how many Italian horror movies we've covered. I think that might be like aside from like American. I think that might, in terms of like out of the states, that might be our most covered country. Yeah, well, Even I mean, though I this think, is kind of like a Brazilian as well, but yeah, yeah. I think they're so like they were so ahead of their time with like special effects. Like it kind of falls into our lap a lot of the times where we end up covering a movie and then doing some research. And we're like, oh yeah, of course it's been. It's of course it's like a Argento produced movie, <laughs> <laughs> heavily overdubbed. Of course. Yeah classic so yeah um so we can talk about some things that we like you know we'll do the, the usual good bad and what the fuck we'll start with the good stuff and i know you've mentioned the kind of 70s style yeah um what like i'm not gonna say that there's any like uh any connection with say um of course now that i think about it i'm freaking i forgot his name 70s guy who did mash and uh oh i don't i i'll look him up hold on vamp for a second is here he, uh, continue is on the, so he's just like a God. new hollywood director kind of guy yeah um i gotcha not that not that nashville robert altman jesus oh, okay. christ i should know that anyway he does i mean there's a lot of altman had his own very distinct style i know that he liked the kind of zooming in there's a lot of zooming in not like the like the crash zoom onto something, but just kind of like a slow, gradual mm-hmm. zooming in on things. And that's, of course, not exclusive to any one filmmaker, but I know someone like Altman had a, you know, he incorporated that heavily into his style, and you can see a lot of that here. Yeah. Um, funny I enough, always, Nashville. I always think of the the Exorcist, where they have those big, long zooms, like across yeah. the entire, like, Egyptian landscape onto, like, some dude's face. And I do like that. I do that. That is a you know a kind of filmmaking maneuver that I do like a lot. Yeah. Um, funny enough, Altman's number, his alleged masterpiece. I didn't really care for, but Nashville came out the year after mm. this movie. But yeah, he's been around. He's done a lot of other stuff. But um, I do like that. And it, you know, it, I think. I mean, I think one of the worst, one of the most prevalent 
issues that we have with our the movies that we cover is the sound design. And I don't just mean like the overdubbing. That's just kind of a you know a product of its time. But this the the sound design is always garbage. But for this movie, even like the weird kind of soundscapes with like the a visual kind of an audio audible motif with um mm-hmm. with like the zombies themselves. It's very artsy, uh, and, I, and I think it works in its favor. It's just a little bit different. It, it, it elevates it a bit above kind of like the trash zombie movies, you know, of, yeah. of, of Italian cinema in the 60s and 70s. Um, I think that this is a couple of filmmaking elements here. Even just the way the camera moves and how it frames people talking. I, there's a visual, you know, a, a well, there's a, how am I trying to say this? There is a noticeable visual um, jump here that is different mm-hmm. from things we've done in the past, which I think makes it a little bit, you know, heightens it above again the tra- more trash crap that we that we cover. Yeah, God bless it. And, and going back to the sound, I think that it, like there's a lot of like weird sound effects. Like there's like this like like kind of like sci-fi almost like like effect whenever you see like the the radiation machines and yeah, just the zombies themselves are just like kind of like. I don't know. They're just they're they're way creepier than I think um, some of uh, Romero's zombies. Um, at, at least like in their like, um, there's just something about like how they move, and I think this would probably be one of the. Well, I I don't know. There's probably some movies I I don't know about, but one of the f- earlier like color zombie movies. So I think it was probably the first one to really show a lot of that like blood and stuff but no but i think that this era i think the sound and i think the soundtrack is kind of interesting it's not like your goblin soundtrack which we've gone into numerous times on the show is sometimes out of nowhere it makes no sense because it'll be like a woman getting slashed to death and it'll be like a prog rock guitar solo (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this one's just a lot more of that kind of like think like stereotypical like english 70s like kind of like bongo jazz like almost like euro spy kind of music at times which i don't know it's kind of fun uh just kind of brightened up some of the movies sometimes well what's funny about that is that if i can dive into my favorite place to be the trivia section of any movie that i watch um it even says here the film's strange music score is partially made of moaning and breathing noises it was director george you know, jorge grau who made these eerie sounds Ooh. as well as those for the zombies so there you go that's exactly right love that yeah and I, again that, that's that is what something that i like a lot about the movie are these eerie sounds because a lot of like what you said a lot of you get a lot of um like a lot of movies that we touch on the soundscapes are more like it doesn't don't, doesn't match at all like you said mm-hmm. like the prog rock and all that but this it actually for once in our goddamn lives here for this podcast it actually fits well mm-hmm. um i remember there's one scene when she's when the one of the uh actors are getting into a car one of the characters are getting into a car and it just has this kind of like thumping noise and i thought i i at the time i thought to myself like this is effective like it, you know it I don't know if it really matches what's happening on screen, but it like it is a it's it's an effective sound that kind of gives you the creeps. Which yeah, is I, I, I can imagine days. this movie being like very uh, unnerving to a like a drive-in audience at the time. Yeah, and it, that's a good call. And, and I was reading that this this when this hit America, and it was called "Don't Open the Window." It was actually double billed with "Last House on the Left." So that's was it? That's a hell of a <laughs> double feature. That's great. I would love to see that at a drive-in. Yeah. That's, that's actually really awesome. Yeah. So, 
Um, so, I mean, before we continue, I mean, I, I read the plot synopsis, but I mean, just to kind of expand upon that, as is usual for our, uh, the movies that we touch on, it's kind of a straightforward plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's, I mean, you could really boil this down to just one guy trying to convince the local cops that it's not him that's doing these murders, that it's it's something else. Yeah. Um, but like you said, the cops, of course, they don't, you know, this guy's a hippie, so they don't seem to really care about what he's saying or that it wasn't him, if they can just pin it all on him. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's got, it's, it's got that kind of, um, yeah, like guy, th- character thrown into a, um, scenario, like, I'm not like a whodunit, but, like trying to prove his innocence while also fighting off the evil force and nobody believes him. So it was, it was pretty, not the greatest story, but I mean, I did think it was kind of innovative where the, how they explained the zombies. Uh, Well, I agree with you there, but there's also the ending of this movie. I, something that I like and I appreciate a shit ton and we'll get to that of course. But the ending of this movie, I thought I sat there. I mean, I watched the movie this morning and I sat there and I thought, okay, damn right. Like this is different. This is something that I'm not, we've not seen for this podcast and I'll, we'll explain that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. The ending i really did enjoy too, but um, let me see. Like, should we, let's, let's, let's kind of jump around here, but let's jump jump into the, some, uh, some of the stuff you didn't like. Okay. Let me add one more to the notes here. Okay. Um, and you may think, oh, I mean, there's different parts of this. So my, I, overall, the movie's great. I thought it was better than the, the, our usual crop of movies for this mm-hmm. podcast. Not that they all aren't, aren't fantastic in their own way, of course, except for Audition. But this one <laughs> seemed to have kind of a, you know, is uh, more heightened. Um, I wish it was more gory. Now, as I'm writing that, not gory enough, I think it gets gory at the end. Of course, as about the second half, which you know, with more of the zombies, it gets worse. Um, but I wish it was kind of more gory all the way through. You know what? We just we we have a thirst in this podcast. Yeah, and I'm gonna. Kinda, it's not much to ask. I'm gonna kind of disagree though a little bit. It's more than more than okay. I, I like. I'm that. gonna. I'm gonna say like where it, while it could have possibly been uh, more. I, I do think though, like, and we've talked about this before, is like for the time, I can't think of much that was more than this, especially that had this type of quality. Because you could look back at like the Herschel Gordon Lewis movies, Blood Feast, and you know, Ten Thousand Maniacs, but the quality is so bad. So I, I think for like a movie of this quality to have that amount of uh, special effects, I'm, I'm I was impressed by it. That's just my to take. be fi- so you, I I I think you're on the right track there. Um, I think one problem with is that me personally, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. Yeah, so your bloodlust is, is I think higher than I expected I when I started this podcast uh, with you. I, I think that to be that to be fair to the movie, you know, I just expect too much. And then what gore we do get in the movie is really well done. The special effects are again better than we're used to seeing for this podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I could call that a bad, but at the same time, I will never be sati- you know, satiated, you know, I'll never be satisfied. So to its credit, um, you might be right. So I'm actually going to erase that <laughs> as a kind of metaphor for you being correct. I mean, I just look at this, I mean, kind of like what, what I've always looked at is like, what's, you know, what the first probably like really big budget, well-known kind of maybe splatter movie of the 70s i i still kind of put it at dawn of the dead um i think that it's Mm -hmm. the movie that most people have seen 
and I think it's the movie that really has some like gross special effects. And yes, and that movie's like pretty much start to finish, like entrails being ripped out. But I think for a movie to kind of come along four years before it and to have the level of special effects that this did, I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm impressed by it. So you're doing a great job convincing me because the more I think about it, when we do have gore. Um, it is a bit, I, I struggle to say realistic, but because you think of like Dawn of the Dead and you see the mm-hmm. you know the zombies ravaging a corpse. It's just, it's obviously outrageous, of course. Um, first of all, you know, it's why do, how come zombies are strong enough to like rip people limb from limb like that? Like you would think they wouldn't be able to do that, but that's a whole other podcast. But um, yeah, I guess the, <laughs> the gore effects in this movie are more realistic. So yeah, I mean, you're just proving me wrong here and love to see it. Um, I will say this, though, to keep into the bad, okay. air quote, bad section. I will say that um, I wish the zombie designs themselves were better. I, 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 you know, some looked better than others when it comes to prosthetics and makeup and all that. And again, maybe you're right before you even say it, that it is more realistic looking. <laughs> it's not quite over the top. I seem to sometimes I forget that, you know, over the top doesn't mean better. Uh, so you know what? I mean, I still stand by that. I wish there were a little bit more because uh, these people are raised from the dead from mm-hmm. this um, kind of, I'm, I'm going to say unseen force with regarding the, the fields. Um, but you, I mean, you don't know how long these people have been, get some decay going yeah. on, you know, the, granted that obviously ups the budget considerably to be able to handle that. So you get, you know, you, you make the best with, with what you have. That's filmmaking one-on-one, but I just wish it was a bit more exciting, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we're we're dealing with more. We're not dealing with like the Walking Dead, you know, complete flesh-eaten zombie. We're not really even like Dawn of the Dead had more of the like decay zombie. Where these are more like kind of your zombies with like the black around the eyes, pale face, maybe a little bit of like rotting skin makeup. I mean, there, there's one lady when they're in the um, kind of in the mausoleum area and i mean she literally just looks like a witch <laughs> she's just like right. an old lady yeah. with white hair and like black around her eyes um and she just kind of moans but so i mean i kind of can see that there no 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 you mean the director oh moans. you're right, yeah, you're remember right. That? but you know i yes yeah, so i can see some of those um and then one of my favorite zombies was just the guy who had like the wrap around his head he looked kind of oh, yeah. awful that looked but he reminded me of like Frankenberry. It's it's like the kind of like if you see like a kid's cereal box with a zombie on it, that's what he looked like. Yeah. But the eyes are interesting though. Speaking of their, you know, the eyes of the zombies, they kind of had it's almost like Rick and Morty. So they have the kind of like stars. Yeah. Uh, in their eyes, it's obviously you know it's just a kind of a low budget special effect. But uh, when I first saw it, I thought this, this is stupid. But then you know, the more you think, the more you see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different. It's different. I'm going to say it's different which is not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, there's some really cool, like, little tricks that they tried to make it, uh, like, they could have just done, like, the, you know, the eye black, but instead they, you know, added little effects like that, and they did, uh, you know, the zombies themselves, um, I didn't get as hung up on it. Maybe it's because I've seen so many zombie movies with bad zombies, (laughs) so it's not the complete worst (laughs) that I've seen, but, you know, it's, and, and I think it's, you know, I think it's just one of those things, too, that um, kind of adds to the charm of the movie, in my opinion. Um, I agree with you, 
not that this movie is necessarily like the most charming movie <laughs> or but it's just it has like a a kind of like fun uh like little kind of like bop to it i feel like as it goes but that is kind of one of my one of the things i think is one of the bad as well is that it i think it does kind of drag at times um you know there's a like we say there's a lot of story crammed into you know a movie that's pretty much special effects um you know we have this whole storyline of um the woman's sister who's like a heroin addict and all of this and it's it's some of that's important for the plot but there's a lot of like uh non zombie <laughs> scenes that i feel like could have been at least shortened to a little bit so yeah, I mean, the movie's like an hour and 32 minutes long, so, you know, mwah, chef's kiss for that, mm-hmm. but you're right, there are some scenes that could be trimmed for sure. I mean, there is a kind of, like, a slightly wobbly mixture of, like, good exposition and just, like, straight mundane tasks mm-hmm. that don't need to exist in the movie. Um, of course, no movie's really, you know, immune to that, but, yeah. you know, it's definitely, you can definitely feel it here. Um if you have, do you have anything more to say on that, or should I can I go over to a, a good? Yeah, go to jump, ba- jump back to a good real quick. So I, yeah. Um. So the main actor of the movie, his name is uh, Ray Lovelock, who plays George Meaning. That's the main character. I think he, his acting. I mean, you know, for any movie that we watch, you really none of the acting in any of these movies can be considered good. Mm-hmm. But I think Ray Lovelock's performance as George here gets closest to that. Yeah, for a for a a dubbed performance that's yeah uh, i guess i I, didn't, I I don't think about that but you're right but, that's definitely something to think about i mean still though, i mean yeah he like he really is uh good at kind of being this like was was he a, a photographer was that his profession or was he an artist I'm that sure. would be news to me but it's very possible oh, no i think he was like i can't i'm trying to remember i think he was like an antiques dealer because they found some like oh in the mo- stuff in <laughs> In the movie, I thought you meant like Ray Lovelock. The oh actor. no! I'm like I don't know if he was. Uh, yo, yeah, he sold antiques. Yeah, yeah because exactly right. Like, you know, at, at the beginning when this whole thing kind of kicks off, and the woman um, who played by uh, scroll down here, Christina Ga- Galbo, mm-hmm. Edna, uh, she kind of backs up onto his motorcycle, his hog, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, and then he, the first thing he does, he checks his bag off the off the bike and makes sure he has some sort of you know totem or something, yeah. you know, random object into it. Uh, which, you know, and then he mentions, of course, that he sells all the, you know, he's trying to talk to the cop played by Arthur Kennedy, who does, I think it does a pretty good job, too, as frustrating as his role is. Um, he does a pretty decent job, too. And, you know, he's yelling at him and, you know, I, I why do you have all these weird items? I, I sell them, you know, it's my, it's what I do. So, yes, he's an antiques dealer or at least like an oddities mm-hmm. you know, reseller. Yeah, the, the, that's a good point, too. I think the cop um that detect that he has like that kind of i don't know if it's irish or scottish kind of just like little twang to his voice and it just makes everything he says like so much more like crotchety and like so much more like (laughs) just like like okay boomer like grandpa talk like he's just so like by the book and his accent uh and and just like his delivery is is like spot on I, i really liked his like character is that kind of it is interesting because agreed um arthur kennedy who plays he plays the cop he's american it's just odd that you when you have this kind of mix Mm. of like spanish you know like um you know people from spain and italy then you have arthur kennedy who died actually about a year before i was born but um 
I mean, he was in, I'm just looking at his list here. I, mean, I guess he, he he did a lot of Italian work as well, but I mean, he was, he did so much. He was in freaking Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, okay. He was in work with Arthur Miller. I mean, he just did a whole lot of stuff that he's been around since, I mean, forever. I'm just, it's kind of a shock. It's like, he just, he's, I, I guess he's a much bigger star than you would expect from this movie. But, um, you know, he was with, from on Elia, Elia Kazan's work. It's crazy. So, yeah, he's uh, just like he did a pretty good perpetual supporting actor who just like consummate professional, <laughs> just always knocks it exactly. out. Exactly. Funny enough, Ray Lovelock, uh, died almost two, about two years ago as well. Whoa. So, yeah, okay. It's interesting. Yeah. I think, I think while we're still on some goods too, I think, um, apart from some of the like better acting i think that this being shot in i'm assuming england or maybe ireland or scotland but like is wherever they shot it was like completely beautiful just like those rolling green hills and even just like the most mundane farming shots were just like incredibly uh like broad and it was i, I thought it was very uh just the location was great for this I think a lot of this was shot in like the English countryside, yeah. which is you know, you know, worldwide renowned for its beauty. So definitely, uh, yeah. See, it's all been shot in the UK, in England. So like South Yorkshire, Derbyshire, mm-hmm. these are all names that sound like nice rolling hills, and some yeah. Italy and you know Madrid studios. But yeah, so yeah, it, it um, just feels a lot of it was in England. It just felt like such a like contrast to like most zombie movies we see now, where it's either like a cityscape or like the classic like farmhouse um mm-hmm. it was nice to like have this kind of horror taking place in such a kind of you know like very like uh tranquil area yeah, like, for sure like a, yeah. like a sherlock holmes esque uh you know uh wh- who's the author i'm thinking of there conan doyle author arthur conan yes. doyle sir arthur conan right. doyle so it was i mean the movie was, I think it's shot better than, uh, you know, the movie looks wise, looks better than a lot of movies we cover. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, in, in ter- I mean, to an extent, obviously, these movies aren't, you know, this big studio crap. But um, I think comparative compared to a lot of what we cover, it just it's a better looking movie. I just think this movie is just like a, not- a couple notches above everything. Now, I wouldn't consider it like great, but comparative to what we've been you know covering for the past two years now. Um, well, this is, I think, it's just a couple of notches above. I agree. I completely agree. But I think before we get into kind of some of the last goods, like the ending and the gore, let's let's talk about some of the what the fucks because there there oh, is yeah. a few in this. And we've we've already touched up a you know, touch on a couple of them, but yeah, by all means, get kick us off here. Okay. I mean, I, so I th- I think I didn't even put this in the notes, but one of the first things, literally within the first five minutes of the movie, the credits are rolling, and the first kind of head scratching moment, which also made me feel like okay, this is an Italian movie, was when the art dealer is or the antiques collector main character is riding his motorcycle through the city, and at one point, like a woman completely strips naked and runs across the street, and it's got like that like exotica bongo music playing as like the just like the actors and stuff are rolling by. Do you remember that, Steve? 
you're asking me if I remember that part. That was the part where I thought to myself, okay, okay, like, you know, this is already, it's already blade job approved so far. Uh, yes, of course, I, that was, that was Steve's cutie right there. The first, the, one of the first opening scenes. I mean, I saw her and I was like, this is it. This is Steve's cutie confirmed. I just like, that was kind of like the, the first part, like where I was like, okay, this, this, we, first of all, we have to cover this movie on the show because it's starting off with a, what the fuck is happening? And and, and that, this has nothing to do with the plot at all. This isn't even a spoiler. Oh no, really, there's no there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it at all. It, it, I mean, it, even it was, I guess she was supposed to be an extra, but then the director was like, "I guess do this." It's weird. Yeah, it's almost like uh, uh, I footage it. where they're like just shooting like, uh, just like everyday B-roll. life. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly there's just like a naked woman in the street, as if that happens all the time in Manchester. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe, maybe in the 70s. Maybe it was free love. You know, it was free love. Yeah. It's possible. Maybe they were just doing that to kind of show that, like, this movie's about hippies. Hippies are in Manchester to kind of just you know, sell that point. I never thought about that, but there's honestly a pretty decent chance it's exactly what it is. I mean, because I think it, can, it goes without saying, even though, you know, the way that we've discussed this, but this there's a message to this, and it's obviously some sort of, like, anti-hippie thing. I don't know... I mean, it seems obvious, obviously, who knows, but to me, it definitely seems like the director or at least the screenwriters or somebody had a kind of had it headed out for hippies. Um, I mean, especially if you see the cop, I mean, uh, this the way that he looks. I remember when I was watching the movie, I looked at him and I thought this he doesn't look 70s at all. It looks like he could be taken by some, you know, rough conservative or something mm-hmm. like right out of right now. Um, and then, of course, the protagonist is, you know, I mean, granted at that time, that's like what people look like with the longer hair and the jacket mm-hmm. and all that. But he looks like a bonafide hippie. Um, all he did is he was just missing the headband. Other than that, you know, he had it pretty much had it all. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of leads into another. It's not really a what the fuck moment, but it's a it's a line in the movie that the detective uh, says to our main character where he calls he drops like a pretty uh homophobic slur about his clothing and his long yeah, hair. Yeah, you're I forgot about that line until you mentioned um, that. That's right. That gave me pause. Yeah, and I think I think that that again just kind of sells the like hippie versus right-wing uh conservative uh mindset. Um and like that 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 line has actually been sampled quite a bit. I've heard it in several songs and, and it's just like kind of like it really been like a like a, uh, I, I guess like an example of like, like we've been saying, like the power coming down on kind of the more creative, uh, you know, people of the seventies. So, um, yeah, that 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 line I think is a uh, was pretty. Uh, that could be a what the fuck line itself, yeah, right there. I mean, yeah. that's another spot. I remember I heard that and I thought, okay, because I mean, at that point, yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, you think you watch the movie and you kind of have this thought that, well, maybe there's some sort of message here, you know, <laughs> um, underlying message. And you hear that line. It's like, okay, that's kind yeah. of, you know, it, it cements it as like, this movie does not like hippies very much clearly. Yeah. And it kind of just goes into the whole, like, yeah, they're, they're essentially like this guy doesn't, he really doesn't like our main characters pretty much based on how they look. <laughs> and then yeah. secondly, because they uh deal in uh ritualistic items so um, <laughs> that's a good point i mean that's probably due to it too just the way of framing the protagonist yeah. is this complete burnout hippie yeah this is um, kind of yeah, this is, is kind of perf- before satanic panic really but it's kind of like i think like the the seeds of satanic panic are being set in where it's like 
anything that's not like um like good and christian and like you know traditional like it it could essentially be satan and it could lead you to be a mass murderer like manson so it all well that's what's interesting i mean because like this is this is you know in italy essentially Mm -hmm. you know so like you wonder or at least in england and i don't know if if England really had the satanic panic quite like we did, I mean, maybe I'm just ill uh, prepared on that topic, and I probably am. But it's interesting because you would think that in like Europe or somewhere, you know, like or in that area, you know, they would be a little bit more. Um, I guess you wouldn't see that kind of underlying context in the movie, but yeah. uh, you know, well, <laughs> you know that, we can't get into the into the head of at the time, yeah. so it's hard to say. And, and I think you know, England was I think kind of the outlier of Europe at the time because they did come out with all like the video nasties and like all the band movies like everything was like you know like they were making all these like you know uh cannibal holocaust and all of these movies in italy and then england was the one who was always like oh well, like we can't you know they would always like true poo stuff so um it's kind of downton abbey style yeah. kind of thing yeah but um, as opposed to like yeah oh, that makes sense you're right yeah i think they were always kind of the more uptight of the of them of, of the europeans but um kind of the last this isn't really even a what the fuck either, but I mean, I, I, it's something that I thought was interesting and not necessarily good nor bad, but it, this, this movie really kind of, I feel like, had like a sci-fi element to it, which I enjoyed um, with it, with how explaining how the zombies were created with this uh, radioactive, like, sound waves, ultrasonic radiation, which I don't even which know if that's in, a real in the thing. Movie, Right, and in the, in the movie, it was supposed to kind of do well for crops. Yeah, like, insecticide. I remember there's a line at the end of the movie when the you know people are leaving in a car and they drive by the machine that kind of produces this um this set, like you said sound wave and I know they have a cool like gr- the opening of the movie it has this like green pulsating circles I think that's kind of like mm-hmm. a um a lead into what it's trying to do. But and it even says like, oh yeah, that's that machine, you know, when it's supposed to kill, what is it like a pest, like a pesticide? It's yeah. supposed to kill pests up to ten miles away, and of course, you know, unbeknownst that this is what's been causing these zombies yeah. to rise from the grave. Yeah, and that's essentially what it was doing. Was like, I think they explain it at some point, like that it it causes the animals to like kill them, or it, like it's like it attacks their like brains and they like end up like killing themselves essentially and it like mm-hmm. it, it increases like their anger level so it's like it made no sense but it was essentially like once the people died like they had like the brain capacity of an insect so like they would become like an aggressive insect kind of zombie thing i don't know it was it wasn't the greatest but it was just like different enough um, yeah, points to that. I mean, you know, you're right. It's different, like you said. It's different from we're used to. So I, I, I give it points for that kind of weird sci-fi-ish explanation. Instead of just like zombies rise from the dead, you know. I mean, realistically, like for all these zombie movies, is there a good reason why they rise from the dead? No, it's either like. I mean, I like the yeah. I, that's why I like that this kind of yeah <laughs> exactly. That's why that's why I like this kind of interesting sci-fi-ish reasoning for the rising of the dead. And it makes it, I mean, it's obviously outrageous, but it's a more realistic and grounded reason other than just they mm-hmm. did it because it's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, and and so, I, I think mean, you it, know, it is a what the fuck for sure. I think it fits in too. Cause like you look back at the seventies and there's a lot of like, uh, you know, of like piranha jaws, you have a, uh, all these kind of like nature run amok kind of movies. And, uh, 
I feel like this almost kind of fits into that, not not genre, but kind of like that fear, I guess, that existed at the time. I don't know if there was a fear that nature was going to come back and take over mankind, but um, I don't know. It kind of was. It was. It was interesting enough for me to put it in the notes. So. Yeah, um, I mean, my last what the fuck again, just like what you said, it's not really not really a big what the fuck, but it's not it's not a good or a bad thing. And I would just, and I've already touched upon it, but just that the fact that the more the movie is more artsy, more art house than it needed to be. Um, I mean, just the way it's hard to explain without watching, of course, but just mm-hmm. the way that the camera moves and the way that it that they use this with the with the sound design mixed together, um, it's just a more like a slow moving kind of methodical way of to storytelling than. And easily more so than what zombie movies these you know have been, pretty much the entirety of the genre. Yeah, I mean usually it's just like holy shit the zombies are here you know and get behind a you get behind something or they get like you know they get like a pitchfork and start hacking at them and but this is just a bit more I yeah it, that's why I say Robert Altman esque Altman esque of course being a actually a legendary term now thanks to Robert Altman's kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's, I say Altman-esque, there's of course no connection to him, but he, they do, there are some, you know, some filmmaking tactics that exist in this movie that he would also, um, that's part of his style. But I think that if you know the work of Altman, which he's a pretty good director, so you should, but, uh, I, I think that there's elements of this. I mean, you know, he popped into my head for a reason, you know, it's just, he, there's, parts of the of the filmmaking that remind me of his work and he was again more methodical and i guess he was more of a journeyman director he had a lot of different um a lot of different styles or kinds of genres and all that but this mm-hmm. isn't an altman podcast so i'll stop right there but <laughs> yeah that's my what last what the fuck well let's get into kind of the last the, the the we'll end on a good note we'll end on the on favorite kills of the movie and we'll 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 touch on this uh the ending that that I, we both agree was was pretty uh was pretty great so yeah. you, let's start with yours 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 could is probably the best kill of the movie but I was excited about it and you know this is the kind of podcast that we do where this is like my favorite kill but it's not something that. Well, whatever. The point is, so my my favorite kill. There's a scene that takes place in a hospital. It's more like favorite special effects, I would say. That's, <laughs> that's, that works. That's how you know we what? Good save. It, but good good save. <laughs> I like that. Uh, there's a scene uh, that takes place in a hospital, and the um, I'm going to say what do you call it? Like a receptionist. Yeah, it's like a switchboard operator. Is, you know, it's the 70s. Yeah, that kind of thing. So uh, she, of course, you know, she's. Um, it it shows you a kind of a slice of her life at her job, and then the protagonist calls her and you know call to action. You know you need to put me on with this with this with so and so, please. You know you're all in grave danger. Of course she's not having any of that. She couldn't she couldn't care less. Um, but at some point, of course, right after she like hangs up with him, ah, what a you know, what a kooky character. The zombies come flying in mm-hmm. into the room, and one of, <laughs> one of them grabs her, rips open her shirt, grabs her left breast and just tears it clean off mm-hmm. and uh and not like a tear but like it really digs it in like an ice cream scoop into a nice neapolitan sunday you, you know you get a nice chunk of that um and i mean of course there's much more to it than that but that's just it's just so it's it's so outrageous like why would they go for that it was that, a pretty good I, effect I, like it looks it was very good in fact if i'm not mistaken and i'm not because i'm reading the uh the the trivia that the director actually purposely the they hired for her they cast a flat chested actress so they could then put on you know a kind of heavy set 
um, breast uh, suit, if you will. Yeah, and, prosthetic yeah, thing. The prosthetic so that they can really dig into there and tear it right off, you know, before they go with the usual way of how zombies kill people. Um, and it's just so out of... <laughs> It's just so outrageous where I thought, okay, that's, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. That's just, you know, it's, it's different again. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key word of this podcast is that's different from the, what we're used to. Yeah. I know. I think, I mean, the, the effect on that is like, is pretty, I mean, I think like it's, it's Savini level. Uh, like it's, you're, you're trying to figure out where the prosthetic is and like, it's just, it looked really gruesome and realistic, which, you know, for the, again, for the time, I, I don't think anything like that had be, been shown. So I don't know if anything still sticks been shown with you. like that. Yeah, it sticks with you for sure. Yeah. So mine's mine's a little more subtle. I mean, I guess it's not really more subtle, but there's a around the same time. So at the end of the movie, there's kind of a like the zombies are really going wild and and uh, getting a lot of people. But um, there's a doctor who has he grabs an axe at one point and he's in like a stairwell. And he just, he hits a zombie in the head with it. And it's one of those, um, like, special effects that aren't necessarily, like, the most gruesome. But it's just, like, the way that it's done almost makes it look more realistic in that you can't tell where the cut is or where the prosthetic is. And it literally looks like this guy just gets hit in the head with an axe. And it's, it's just one of those that I... Like kind of, if you remember back, Steve, like the movie we watched, The Prowler, where there's just was like enough, just like some of those, like just like, like they literally looked like people were being killed on camera, which is like, it's just like it sticks with you more than like the really hammed up special effects. So this was just one of those where it's like you literally just this guy just had like axe swung at his head, uh, no cut. And then suddenly there's like a chunk of head just falls off him and there's just like blood coming out. So it was, it was very like, um, yeah, it really just smooth effect. If, if you know what I mean? I, I think a lot of, I mean, you know, uh, when it comes to special effects, I think anybody's goal in the industry is to make it seem like you're actually watching someone die. I mean, think back to like cannibal Holocaust mm-hmm. when the entire crew was simply arrested because the yeah. government thought they actually did kill people on camera. And they had to, the only reason that they were able to like get off of, from doing that was to show up. They, they had to bring the actors to court yeah. and say, here they are. They're not dead. You know, Thank you for thinking that our movie, you know, thank you for proving that our movie is good at what it does. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic. It's like the ultimate so testimony for a special effects artist. Exactly. <laughs> it's at the end game for special effects artists. I yeah. love it. Not the end, not Avengers end game, the end game. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you. So um, I think with that, I think yeah, we can start wrapping stuff up. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, I'm talking about the ending. Real quick, though, because that yeah. was, yeah, uh, it was nice. Go, go ahead and, and tackle it. So, I mean, this is a, yeah, this is a spoiler show. I mean, you know, this isn't something that like we, you know, you have to go in here understanding that we talk about all aspects of of the story. So um, really, to put it simply, in the ending, the main protagonist, um, you know, despite the fact that he tries everything he can to convince people and say, you know, this is what's happening. It's not me. Um, especially to this cop, you know, this conservative, clearly conservative allegory, um, he you know just never believes him. And it, it, there's not even like a hint of like, well, maybe it's just completely you know, there's no convincing him. 
um, eventually the cop is able, these guns him down completely. The dude, it's, it comes out of nowhere and he gets shot like four times by the cops, by the cop. And he's down, he's dead. And I thought to myself, that's amazing. We don't get to see the protagonist in that movie just die unceremoniously enough. I know it happens in spoilers, No Country for Old Men, and that's like one of my favorite movies because of that exact reason. Mm-hmm. So um, he's dead, and he's you know he, there's actually a really great line, and I'm gonna come up so I don't I don't, I don't slaughter it. This great line that he says right after he kills him, he says, um, oh, "Crap!" And I have to look for it, but he basically just says, uh, "Oh, right here, I wish the dead could come back to life, you bastard, so then I could kill you again," which I love. I think yeah. that's awesome. And that's a little foreshadowing, um, too. It is. You want to explain why? Yeah, well, because after, so, I mean, after he says this line, it kind of uh, cuts back to, you know, happy London town, happy England, Manchester, and um, the detective's going about his day, and he comes home to find our protagonist now as the living dead um, coming at him in his apartment, and he, like, you know, shoots off every bullet in his gun and this guy's not going down. So he kind of, in the end, gets his wish that the dead could come back to life so he could kill him again, but clearly he does not kill him and it ends with him kind of being taken down by the zombie and it rolled the credits. It was pretty fun. The shoe is on the on other undead foot. Yeah. Um, and then it does kind of cut back. It, cut, it does kind of cut from that to the people, as I mentioned before, in the car. I think, I think it's other mm-hmm. police officers. And they drive by the machine that, you know, d- tries to kill, to act as a pesticide, but also brings the zombies, you know, brings people, the undead back to life or the dead back to mm-hmm. life. And they're like, oh, there's the machine. You know, it's supposed to be this new advancement in, you know, farm machinery unbeknownst that everything's going on so uh, i think that was a great ending i just thought it was fantastic yeah. and much more interesting than because a lot of the movies we cover i feel like they just kind of end unceremoniously they just kind of like all right that's it the mm-hmm. end uh but this one it kind of ends in like that kind of crescendo of irony so yeah. to speak or at least at least at least someone getting their comeuppance you know they're just desserts so and that kind of sets the that. that kind of sets the tone for like a, a zombie trope to come where it's like even in, like, Return of the Living Dead, they, they end up, you know, nuking all the zombies at the end of the movie. And then you have this cloud of, like, I, I guess zombie poison. And then the movie ends with, um, like, this, like, acid rain on all the cemeteries. And the zombie hands come back up. So it's kind of like, you know, it ends with Love it that. being, like, the zombie will continue on. So um, I don't, I'm sure this wasn't the first to do that. But, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was fun. I had a good time with that. Yeah, overall, this is a good one. Uh, you know, I, we've had our ups and downs in terms of quality of these movies. You know, we've had the, mm-hmm. the highest street trash and the low of, like, the other hell, the abomination, and, of course, audition. So it's nice to kind of add another W yeah. to that list. Yeah, I think this is maybe the first. I think we've tried to stray away from covering, like, total, total zombie movies. Um, I know we've covered some, like... You know, you could make the argument that, like, demon wind and demons are, you know, what's the difference? But, sure. you know, this is the first kind of, like, I believe, slow-walking zombie-type, uh, you know, movie we've covered. But And I think it was it was a fun one to start with. It was. I don't... I, I, I may have to challenge uh, your... Um, oh, my memory? Your... Yeah. I, I think we just watched one recently, and I have to go back, of course... Um, 
because, you know, uh, maybe not. You know, I'm not going to waste time with this, but I could have... Th- maybe it was Demon Wind. Maybe that was what I'm talking about, where, with the door that leads yeah. to, like... Okay, then maybe you already talked about it, so fuck me. So there you go. So, you know, I don't know. It's okay, Steve. I don't know. It's, it's all somatics. What's a demon? What's a zombie? You know. <laughs> Please forgive me. Please. But. And I think that's a pretty good wrap up yeah. for all this. I mean, I understand that you have a uh, something to talk about yeah, that I'm a little excited to hear. I got a little surprised. Steve doesn't even know this really yet, but. Um, live, baby. It's uh, live. On top of, you know, us being back to our regular schedule two-week increment programming um i've been working you know i we haven't just been sitting over here i've been i've been working on well a, i have well, yes but I, i've been working on a, uh, a a little side project for blade job and that is the uh to come the blade job youtube channel uh so kind of oh yeah so kind of what to expect is um you know i think we can agree that this show is obviously had like the show is built on uh visual <laughs> with it is either it is indeed special effects or with wrestling like bloody wrestling matches so um pretty i would say starting mm, after this episode drops i don't know when we'll start releasing them but i'm pretty much going back through our archives and i'm starting with um the wrestling matches that we've covered on the show and I'm pretty much just, you know, we, we've always kind of done this watch-along format. So the, the videos aren't going to be that crazy, but it's just going to be that video of the match with our voices over it. So that you don't have to kind of queue up these two separate things. And, and, and they'll be shorter because we've, you know, we usually talk about movies and stuff before the matches. So these will probably be like, you know, 20-minute, 15-minute videos to start. Um, and it'll just kind of be a way to add to like a little bit because i know people have said that you know it's hard to just listen to this stuff without seeing it so um you know i think the first one we're going to touch on is that kill shot dante fox hell of war match with the ambulance and the glass plates so one of my favorite events we've covered yeah so you know keep in touch um you know we'll, we'll be sending out all the links for that we'll probably be rolling out some videos you know we'll be posting some more video clips and stuff to instagram and stuff so it'll just be a little more of like an interactive um we'll still have the full podcasts you know that are running around like an hour to hour 20 length but we'll have these shorter videos for kind of the more visual parts of the show so um yeah i i got i got a pretty uh pretty much so far i've got like uh you know the blade job uh stinger as you say steve with uh all the clips yep. playing i, I i've kind of thrown together a uh montage that will play at the beginning and like i said i've kind of started editing some of these uh match matches that we've done in the past so we'll see where it goes um you know i think that it'll be fun and it's definitely something to keep me busy during <laughs> quarantine <laughs> that's what we all need is a way to stay busy ish. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully the continuation of TV shows beyond just the pilot. I got to work on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if I, if I can recommend something for you and best friend of the show, Cassie, if you mm-hmm. haven't, if you haven't been watching hoarding buried alive on Amazon oh. prime, I'm sure you've been getting into that. You, I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a good. fan of that. That's, that's Cassie's show. She really is a big fan of the hoarders. I don't, I'll let, I'm sure she's aware. I don't want to. I, I, I always knew she was one of the good ones. You know, I, I'm glad she's on my side on that one. 
Yeah, she really I'll, is I'll mention it to her pod. that it's been recommended through the the show, but you know that that, that's, that might be her show because that, that stuff grosses me out sometimes. That's the whole point. That's what's <laughs> so good about it, man. It makes you yeah. feel better about yourself. So, I think that's it. Like we said, we're back on schedule. Um, look for you know some new content coming at you. Um, and we'll probably add free, might I add? Yeah, add free. You know, and, and like, and, and who knows? I mean, get on this content too that we're putting out on YouTube because, you know, we're going to be putting out like full matches, which is, you know, it, there's a good chance it could get pulled if it falls into the wrong hands. So, you know, get it while it's hot when the stuff drops. <laughs> so, don't make that, us go to Daily true. Motion, but, um, yeah, we'll, uh, th- it'll be fun. And, um, I'm sure we'll have new stuff to add to it as well. So, and we also, I should also mention, you know, we got some, in the time off, we've been upgrading some equipment, so we might have, we have capabilities to add guests to the show and stuff now, so I think we're, we're, we're heading into a new chapter after this month off of Blade Job, so <laughs> the summer should so be I think so, too, fun. and this, this is our first time using Skype, and it's nice, it's nice to be able to see you this time, yeah. I, can look, I can look at your beautiful face right there. Yeah, I think this has to be the way to go from now on, it, it's just, make, and I believe we can even, like, screen share and stuff, so we could watch a match oh, yeah. and stuff, and talk about it, and... I think we're I think we're going to be in business here. And I think the most important thing was there was a slight Cassie cameo in the mm-hmm. video feed when we before we started. I yeah. mean that alone is like god bless. Yeah. I mean my god. So good things happening over here. It's very exciting times for that. So, yep, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Sorry for the delay, but we're back. You know, we're back. Sorry for the delay, but still keep giving us reviews on iTunes, <laughs> yes. even though we, we we went MIA for a month or a half yeah, around there. Yeah. We 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 need it. So We love you all, though. Seriously, thank you for everything. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Peace. They tampered with nature. Now they must pay the price. See the grotesque invade an unsuspecting village. See a hospital panic when day-old babies go berserk. See friends turn on each other in a nightmare of horror. You'll cringe with terror when you see. Don't open the window. Whatever's out there will wait. Rated R. Sergeant Christ and saints are out of fashion. Satan's all the rage these days. Listen, boy, you keep getting on my nerves, and I'm going to give you another kind of house to look after. One with lots of bars in the windows. We'd better reinforce that door. Take the lamp. I can just imagine the sergeant's face when he finds out message for you. Look, I know it sounds silly, but is it possible? I mean, could a film fail to catch an image for any reason? Well, a ghost, maybe.